Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Can we go back? Can we go back real quick just one more time? Amen. Can we go? Can we go way, way back? Can we go way, way back? Can we go way, way back? Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. I said, look what the Lord has done. He
to walk into because we're not going we're not going to go into it we're going to walk into it we're going to walk in your word this morning we're learning how to pray father been in church all of our lives been around church all of our lives and and just learning how to pray because what we found out is you're never too old to learn we ought to learn something every day every single day because when you stop learning, you stop growing. And God, we don't want to be stagnant in you. So we want to open up your word and we want to read it again for the first time. Just like it's the very first time. I thank you, Father, for teaching us. I've learned so much. I have learned so much, God. And I know that there's still so much more for us to grasp. I ask you, Lord, that you would help our spirit grasp this this morning and not our head. See, I, I, I've already studied into next week, and I know what's coming next week, and I wanted to teach it this week, but I, I got to lay this foundation first, so I'm super excited about it, because see, I know where you're going. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would help us be very attentive to the Spirit this morning, that we would listen to your correction, that we would listen to your direction. Because if you don't correct us and direct us, then we're lost. 
and we're just going to be stuck where we are. And, and, and I don't like stuck. And Father, we just give this service to you. If this is our last service here, and I'm really praying that this is our last, our, our last one here. I really want to be in that, in the building next, next Sunday. But, but that if it gets finished, okay, we'll be there. And if not, then we're going to be here. I'm just going to leave that in your hands. How about that, God? But Lord, I'm going to say it one more time. If you don't go up, don't take us up. When you get ready to go, we're ready to go. God, I thank you for every single day and every single single step along this way. Getting us from A to B to Z. I'm so grateful, God, because I believe that this is a new chapter for the sanctuary. I believe that you're going to shift and you're going to turn this ministry. You're going to give us a new vision. You're going to give us a new heart. You said that we were to pray, give me a new heart. Take out this heart of flesh and give me a new heart. Give me a heart that's pliable to your shift and to your change. As long as we don't shift from holiness, as long as we don't shift from righteousness, then let us shift where you go, Father. I ask you, Lord, that the anointing would be ever so strong on this word this morning that you would cause us to hear it ingest it, digest it, and appropriate it. I thank you, Lord, for every person that pushed to worship this morning. I thank you, God. I ask you once more, one more time, God, I ask you for healing over every single body. Stay back the hand of the enemy. Satan, you are defeated. As a matter of fact, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Thank you, Father, for every step. We bless you and we honor you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about prayer 101. Prayer 101. I've been super excited about learning prayer and, and really going into and, and grasping because I think that for many years we've called it something that it's really that it's really not, and I, I'm just, um, it's been a, quite an eye-opener to me. This morning, I, I'm, I'm going to be talking about the tour guide. As I began to study this and really push into it, the Lord began to show me that if I go somewhere new, and I've never been there before, now, I can go there, and, and I can go to all of the um, highlights that everybody else goes to. And I can see everything that everybody else sees. Because usually you pretty much know, well, if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, if, I, if I'm going to the beach, then, then you know that uh, while I'm there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that amusement park that's over there. And, and I'm going to enjoy, you know, that, that this and that and the other. But, but what you don't understand is, is that if you would ever, if you'd ever just take a few minutes and let somebody take you off of the beaten path, there may be something else there that you didn't know about. So you know what has been highly esteemed. You know what everybody's been talking about. But what if there's something that nobody else has seen? What if there's a hidden stream? What if there's a hidden, hidden, hidden uh, stream somewhere or a hidden rock somewhere that you didn't know anything about? But if you got you a tour guide, if you got somebody who knew the layout of the land, you would see more. You would go more places. 
you would experience more than just the normal. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of experiencing the normal church. The normal Christian life. Okay, I'll wake up in the morning, and I'm a Christian, and I don't drink, smoke, and chew, and hang out with those that do. Try not to cuss if I can help it. In Jesus' name, I try my best not to get mad at people if I can help it. But now, if you get in my way, just don't go to Walmart. It's the only thing I can tell you. Because you trust me, you need the Holy Ghost to go there. Now, I'm just, I'm just telling you. But there's more to the walk, this walk with God than that. There's more than that. Wouldn't it be awesome if I could wake up in the morning and not worry about praying about what I don't need to do? God, don't let me do this today. And God, I don't want to do this today. And God, help me get over this today. And God, don't let me feel that today. Wouldn't it be nice to get that behind you? Wouldn't it be awesome? God, help me love you today. What if you woke up and you said, okay, God, we got this today. Where are we going? Where are we going today? Let's do this. Let's do this. Because you know what, God? I trust you. I trust you. Because I've already got all that other stuff behind me. All of this childish remedial stuff. I'm done with that. Now, now let's go with this thing. So I don't wake up every morning hoping I don't sin. My mind is not on that. My, th my mind is on things above. And I get that in prayer. So we're going to learn today about the tour guide. Okay? What is a tour guide? Because when the Holy Ghost started talking that to me, see, we never did get a tour guide. Number one, the tour guide costs more. <laughs> so we weren't going to get no tour guide because you got to pay for that. We're just going to go and just wander around. Let's see what we can find. And we go seeing the same thing that everybody else has saw. And other people come back and they've been where I've been. And they're talking about things that I didn't see. Why? Because they paid the price. They paid the price. So they got to go places that I didn't get to go because we're cheap. Are you cheap? Sometimes it's not that you're not cheap, but you just don't have it. <laughs> but God won't ask you for it if you don't already have it. He will never ask something from you that he doesn't already have. But see, the thing is, is when he asks something from you that you don't have in your hand, that means you've got to search deeper to find it. I'm preaching this morning. Y'all hear me? We're going somewhere this morning. So what is a tour guide? I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Here's what it is. It's a person that's employed. A person employed to show tourists a place of interest. Does anybody know that it's not your home? You're just passing through. In other words, you are not a citizen. Your citizenship is not here. You're a tourist. We need to get us one of them shirts that said, I'm a tourist. Just a tourista, a professional tourista. That's what I'm doing. I'm just here. I'm just touring. You're a tourist. So if I'm a tourist, that means my citizenship is not here. So my citizenship must be somewhere else. Well, we know that my citizenship is here. We've already learned that. So that means that I'm a tourist here. That means that I've heard about things here. But I don't know what all is really here. There are treasures here that I don't know about. 
And we've been taught to search for the treasures within us. But what about the treasures around us? <clears throat> a person that is employed. Now, let me tell you something. If you come here and you're a tourist. And you are going to pay somebody to show you around what all's going around. Like when I went to Israel. Well, we had a tour guide in Israel. Because I knew I wanted to go to Calvary. I knew I wanted to go to Golgotha. I knew that already. But if we had to pay for that tour, there would have been a lot of things that I didn't even know were there. I might not would have gotten to have gone to the Via Della Rosa. Because I wouldn't have known how to get there. But the thing is, is that the tourist is paid by the person who owns <clears throat> the tourist is the, the excuse me not the tourist the tour guide is paid by the person who who owns and who has already mapped out the path that the tour guide is going to go on see the tour guide don't even take you where you want to go they've already been told that's what I'm talking about somebody better testify in here They've already been told what you need to see. They've already been paid, and then you're going to turn around. And you're going to turn around and wander around and try to figure out where you're going. When they already know what you need to see, they didn't do it by themselves. Somebody's already told them. And what are you missing? Because you don't have a tour guide is what I'm wondering. We're going to talk about this this morning. So it's a person who knows where everything of interest is. And their job is to show you what you've never seen before. Their job is to show you what you would have otherwise not even known was there. Wouldn't even known it was there. Okay? So let's say that I let's say that I go to Italy and I've seen pictures of things that I want to see. In Italy, okay? But when I get there, the only thing I have is pictures. That's all I've ever seen. So I decide that I'm going to go and I'm going to see these pictures when I get to Italy. And I'm going to do it all on my own because I can do this. I can do this all on my own, okay? The thing is, is that I'm going to waste my entire time that I am there. Watch this. I'm going to waste my entire time that I'm there. Because remember, I've already got pictures. Write the vision, make it plain. I've already got pictures of what I want to see. So I go there, and I don't hire a tour guide, and I do it on my own. I will waste my entire time there lost and chasing images. Mm -hmm. That just hit somebody like it hit me, Okay. And the thing is, is that I'm going to miss everything that Italy actually holds because I refuse to humble myself and yield to the knowledge of somebody who has already been where I'm trying to go. Mm -hmm. Then the thing is, is that all I'll see is the pictures that I had. I'll only see the pictures that somebody showed me. And that everybody else saw. Have you ever thought about that you are following somebody else's walk? When God may have something completely different for you. But we're just following religion. 
Well, this is what everybody else did, and this is how everybody else shouted, and this is the word that everybody else got. When God may want to show you a completely different aspect and dimension of his glory, but you were following images, chasing images, running around in circles. I just wonder, is it just me or is it everybody else too, okay? I wonder what we're missing because we refuse to follow the tour guide for our life. So here's the thing. How do I get this tour guide? Because I, I realize I need it, okay? Prayer alerts your tour guide that you need him. Prayer is his language, okay? Y'all want to talk about it? Well, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to start in James. Why not? Let's just go on over to the book of James. James 4 and 1 says this. Now, I'm going to teach you a thing this morning, okay? So stay with me. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going where I really want to go today. Because I found out why we are, I found out why our prayers are not being answered. I found one distinct reason why our prayers are not being answered. But I ain't going to tell y'all that today. I'm going to make y'all wait. I'm going to build up to it. Okay? Y'all have to wait on that for next Sunday. But I'm going to tell you something. When I saw this, it has shifted, completely shifted everything. Everything. Okay? So, um, this is going to be so good, y'all. Y'all hold on, okay? We're going, now it's going to get tight today. All right? Because I'm going to, it's probably going to be a little bit corrective. Okay? But I gotta, I gotta go where he told me to go. James four and one. So, where do wars and fights come from among you? Anybody else want to know that? I think we all need to know that. Okay. He said, "Do they not come from your own desires for pleasure that are already warring in your members?" We war among one another. Because of a war that's in us. Because see, if I was at peace, I wouldn't be mad with you. So all these people that keep being mad with you is because they're mad with themselves. James told us that pretty clearly, okay? Hurting people. Angry people are angry with people. Okay? Hmm. People who kill people want to die themselves. Okay? That was good. People who try to steal your walk with God don't have one themselves. Okay? It'll, it'll change the way you look at people. It'll also change the way you fight the battle. Okay? James said, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you why you're in chaos. He said, you're in chaos because of the chaos in you. And the chaos in you is derived from your own desires. Isn't that what he said? Okay. In other words, God is saying, it's because you refuse to submit your desires to me. Mm -hmm. Because you're not submitting your desires to me. Because what I need to do is I need to make your desires mine. Because what's happening is... You have got desires in you, and your spirit is warring with your flesh because those are not, I didn't give those to you. 
So you're out here fighting on the, on the surface because you will not take what the images that you saw. That's what you're desiring. And now there's a war going on inside of you because that's not where the spirit set for you to go. You're, you, are, you are way, way, way below where I really want to take you. So since you've got this war going on between your flesh and your spirit, you can't take it out on the spirit. So you take it out on another. Y'all good? So anyway, is anybody learning anything? He said, the problem is, he said, is that you lust and you do not have. He said, you always set your heart on it, but it always slips through your fingers. Mm, my Lord, have mercy. He said, you murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and you war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. And then he said, you, you, then you do go ahead and ask. And you ask, but you don't receive. Now, that's a lot right there. That's a lot right there, okay? So that right there is why nobody is praying. Can I tell you? Exactly right there. Why? Because you ask and you do not receive. You prayed and you did not receive it. Well, you prayed and you didn't receive it because of that war that's going on inside of you. So you're praying from the wrong place. You're praying from the image that you saw. I ain't going to mess with that. So because we, we, we know that it's a commandment for us to pray, we go on ahead and pray. And we are praying religiously. But the truth of the matter is, we've made prayer this long list of complaints and instructions to God. Do you not? Our prayer is an instruction to God. Now God, this is the image that I saw and God, this is what I want. This is how I want you to get it to me. Now God, you know that you can move so and so and you can do so and so and you know God, you can do it like this and then is, am, I, am I okay? Because you're so used to manipulating everybody else. Till you think you can manipulate God. Everywhere you go, everything that you get, everything that you do, you manipulate to get it. And it's bled over into our walk with God and into our prayer life. You can't just say, hey, by the way, call up somebody and say, hey, by the way, I want, um, I, I want me a chocolate cake. Because you got to tell them why and explain to them why you want it. That's called manipulation. Because now you're going to try to give them a sad story why you want a chocolate cake. That's called manipulation. Am I not telling the truth? I, I, I need somebody to bake me a chocolate cake because, I mean, I don't weigh but 90 pounds. And the doctor said I need to get some pounds on me. Why don't you just say I want a chocolate cake and shut up? Amen? Can anybody tell I'm asking for a chocolate cake? You know. <laughs> I'll share. I will share, okay? And then he said this. He said, I'm, <laughs> true story, my husband said. And here's the thing. He said, okay, and after that, he said, you give God your instructions. You're praying, you're asking, and you're not receiving because you're praying instructions. And he said, what's happening is you ask amiss. Well, I've always thought, thought I knew what amiss mean. You don't need to assume. Y'all know what that does. I ain't going to say it. Okay, <laughs> what does it mean? 
because you ask amiss. It means with the wrong motive. It's all about your motive. And we've lied to ourselves about our motive for so long until now we just continue walking and, and instructing God and we don't even realize where the motive, we don't realize, that's a motive, honey. That's a motive. It's coming out of you. There's something wrong there, okay? There's something. Number one, that tells me you don't trust God. Because if you trusted him, you wouldn't need to instruct him. How can you follow someone you need to instruct? Oh, oh, Jesus, have mercy. He said, all right, so, so we ask and we don't receive. That's why we don't pray. And we ask and we don't receive because we're asking with the wrong motives. And he said, the motive is that you may spend everything that you're asking for on your own pleasures. So James is telling us that the whole issue with our prayers is that we're asking for what we want and not what God wants. That's pretty simple, okay? Okay? And that is exactly proof to God that you've not been in his word. Because if you ever get in his word, then it would have to change you to want what he wants. So you've been reading it, but you've been reading it with the wrong motive. Y'all hold on, I'm coming after you. You just hold on just a minute, all right? The Bible says it this way. Let me tell you why I say that, okay? Let me tell you why. Because uh, I'm going to back up scripture with scripture. The word of God, the Bible says, the word of God is sh sharper than a two-edged sword. And it says that it, watch this, it, 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 it pierces. It divides between what we want and what God wants. So if I'm reading it with the right motive, now, when I begin to come to God in prayer, I'm not going to instruct him because I already know what he wants. So I'm already asking for what I know he wants me to have. Jesus, have mercy. That's good right there. James said, watch this, watch this. His next statement, y'all, his very next statement, verse four, adulterers and adulteresses. He just slapped it out there, didn't he? He just slapped it out there. He's name calling. Just name calling right there. Can I tell you what he's talking about? He's not talking about being unfaithful to marriage. That's not what he's talking about. If you will keep it in context, you will realize that what he's saying is you're being unfaithful to me. When this is evident in your life, this first part that I've just explained, he said, when this is there, he said, you're being unfaithful to me. In other words, God is saying, when you operate out of your own desires, you're cheating on me. <sighs> when you're giving me instructions, you're cheating on me because I'm no head. I'm no head. You're cheating on me. Okay. You're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to usurp me. And you're trying to sneak up behind me and make me think that you just, and God said, I know you. I know you, okay? God's saying, I, I, I didn't put my spirit in you so that you can do what you want to do. I put my spirit in you so that my spirit could be your tour guide. I didn't go through everything that I went through and send my son all the way down here. Let him die on a cruel cross. Let him come all the way back 
and then let him pierce through and make a door and send my spirit now and send my spirit down here to you so that you could ignore him. He said, I made a way so that you don't have to worry about this second heaven. You're focused so much on this second heaven and you realize, don't realize that I've already pierced through that. And if you would let my word pierce between what you want and what you really want, what I want, what I really want. He said, if you would let it, he said, then, then you wouldn't be cheating on me. He said, and you would be knowing how to pray. Dear Jesus, I'm not told you I was going to get rough this morning. He said, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You made yourself my enemy. You made yourself my enemy. Pretty plain to me, okay? He said, or, or, or do you think that the scripture, do you think that the word of God is vain? Do you think that it says the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Do you think that I just put that there because I just need to write some words down? He is jealous for you. He is jealous for you. He is vying for your attention. He wants to get your eyes off of the images that you have been shown. And he wants to paint a new picture for you. And he wants to paint it for you by taking you where he wants you to go. Because an image is something I long for. When I get there, I've got it. When you get there, will you paint where you are what it was that you saw? Dear Lord, have mercy. In other words, the Holy Spirit is being forced to sit down inside of you and watch you sabotage your own life. Mm -hmm. When he knows full well who you really could be. He knows full, he's your tour guide. See, he's already been in the mind of God. When you were in Christ, when you were in God before the foundation of the world, he was in there too. And he's already toured the mind of God about your life. So when he comes and he begins to lead you, he's already been there. That's good news right there. That's good stuff right there, okay? But the thing is, is that he can't take us there because we refuse to yield to his voice because we're too busy manipulating him with where we want to go. Mm, Lord have mercy. Can you imagine how frustrating that must be to the Holy Spirit? Have you ever tried to, to direct your child and they wouldn't hush? Mom, I didn't need that amen from you. <laughs> Have you ever tried so hard to tell your child something and they just would not hush? They just kept going headlong into what they were going into. That's frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating. It hurts your heart. Can you imagine how the Holy Spirit must feel? Okay. Then James said this. He said, but he gives, but God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, hmm. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So he gives more grace, but not to the proud, to the humble. Okay? It's a heart thing is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? Pride and humility 
are both issued from your heart. Pride and humility both come from your heart. The one that manifests is on you. That's on you, okay? So do we understand that God will resist the person who says, I can do this? I got this. I can do this, God. I got it. I don't need your help. I don't need anybody else. Watch this. God will resist the person that says, I know what I'm doing. Lord, have mercy. Every time you read God's word, and, or either you hear an anointed message, or you receive correction or rebuke, and you refuse to listen and obey, you're telling God, I don't need you. I know a better way. Somebody needs to listen, okay? I'm just trying to help somebody, all right? So, why is it so hard to really pray? Not my will, but thine be done. Because that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about prayer. And not my will, but thine be done. Go sum it up in that, okay? Why is that so hard? I'm so glad y'all asked me, okay? The problem is, is that we believe the word of God is true. We really do, okay? But we've been conditioned to obey it by the will of the flesh. We obey the word by our flesh and with our flesh. In other words, we believe that Jesus heals, but we receive our healing according to what we see, according to how the flesh feels. So if the flesh still feels sick, I'm still praying for healing. When he said, I'm healed already, that means I'm obeying by my flesh. Y'all good? That means I'm being obedient according to circumstances. Okay, is that the truth? All right. The truth is, is that believing by faith and believing by circumstances are two different things. Believing by flesh and believing by circumstances, that's calling God a lie. I'm calling his word a lie. Because the Bible said it is fi finished. The Bible said it is done. But God, I won't believe it's done until I feel it. I won't believe it's done until I see it. And you're never going to get your answer. Because I kept saying, God, why am I praying it and I'm never getting it? He said, because you're waiting to see it before you praise me. He said, and you're calling me a liar. He said, because the very minute that you said it, I heard, heard. I heard you. I answered, did I not say that my, my answers are yes and amen? And here you are talking about fighting this. Well, he said, didn't I tell you that's already defeated? So you are believing me by your feelings. And God said, I can't handle that. I can't handle that. Because what I'm doing is I'm feeding my feelings. So when I get here, I'm going to be weak. Because my feelings ain't coming here. And I'm not fed my flesh. I mean, I'm not fed my, 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 my spirit. Okay? Your spirit left here and came here. Is it malnutritious? Is he malnutrition? Has he had anything to eat lately? Because your spirit grows by faith. All right? Can I keep going? Paul said, is anybody help? am I helping anybody? Okay, I'm helping myself. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Because all of us have been fighting sickness. I mean, every single one of us fighting like crazy. Well, it's time for us to realize that thing's finished. 
All right. First Corinthians 6 and 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who is in you, who is in you, whom you have from God? And do you not know that you are not your own? You don't even belong to yourself. When we grasp that, we are not our own. We don't belong to ourselves. I don't own me. I don't have the right to make decisions for me because I don't belong to me, okay? I'm just a tourist. I'm just a tourist, all right? I'm not from here. That's what that girl said to run that, that stop sign that, that hit my youngin wide open and threw another truck in, into him, and I'm sitting there listening to a crash, and, and, and she says she wasn't from here. Well, you might not have been here, but you're from here, but you needed a tour guide, baby, because you done hit the wrong one. That, that part, yeah, that made me have a heart attack. The thing is, is that, is that, see, we don't know, or should I say we don't have the legal right to make our own decisions. You don't have those rights. Why? Because you handed them to him at the cross. When you came down to him, you handed him all of your rights. All right? That's just a hard one to swallow right there, but it's the truth, okay? We've been purchased. Purchased. When it says purchased, that means I now own you. Okay? We have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And we've been issued a legal guardian. And the legal guardian knows what's best for you, okay? When he purchased me, he gave me a legal guardian, okay? A tour guide, in other words, all right? That tour guide already knows where I'm going. That legal guardian already knows what's best for me and what's not right for me, okay? So I, I'm just a tourist. We got that, all right? We're citizens of a completely different place, all right? So I think I finally got it, y'all. I think I finally got it. I think I finally know how to pray. I pray with the mindset and the knowledge of I'm not my own. I'm not my own. I don't pray my prayers. I'm not my own. God, how would you like to pray today? Okay. Spirit, how would you like to pray today? Spirit, what do you want to do today? Okay. So now that's the first giant step in answered prayer is that knowing that you don't belong to you. You don't belong to you. That's the first giant step in getting your prayers answered. Okay. So, if I don't belong to myself, then to whom do I belong? Okay? So, my tour guide, well, we know that that must be the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that's in me. He's the one that's here and in me. Okay? And I must know that from whom the Holy Spirit was sent, that must be to whom I belong. Okay? So, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. We are being led every single day by somebody. Every day, all right? Every day. So every day is a new day to learn the art of yieldedness and the importance of knowing to whom I'm yielding. Every day is a new day, and i got to start all over again, okay? So my prayers are never going to be answered until I can identify who I'm yielding to. I've got to identify that every day, every morning. It's a choice, okay? There's only two options. I'm either yielding to me or the Holy Spirit. Myself or the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Y'all thought I was going to say we're either, I'm either yielding to Satan or God. That's not what I said. Because the truth of the matter is. Satan isn't in the equation. He 
He's not in the equation. He's defeated. He's just defeated. Okay? So the thing is, is that your problem is not the devil. Your problem is you. Your problem is your will. Your problem is your flesh. Your problem is your desires, your wants. That's your whole problem right there. Mm-hmm. Lord, have mercy. That's why you schizophrenic because the days are long. All seven of y'all up in there fighting. You ain't got to fight. You got a war, baby. Some of y'all got to sit down at some point in time, all right? Okay? So the only thing that the devil is doing is he's just, he's just throwing thoughts at you that are contrary to the word of God. And he hopes that you will accept his detour in your path. But whether or not you accept those thoughts are on you. I have a choice as to whether or not I think about what you said to me. That's why when you sit there and you get all up in my face and you call me this and you call me that, when I leave you, I've got a choice if I want to think about that or not. And I refuse to take you home with me. I refuse to take what you said about me home with me. That's my choice. That's not on the devil. Ain't no sense of me praying the devil. Ah, that's my choice. I ain't taking you home with me. Whatever you said, that's dismissed. And if you keep saying it, we ain't going to be talking too much longer. That's your choice. Well, I want to see Boo saved. Well, you need to just pray for Boo and go on about your business because Boo seems to be shifting your, your, your atmosphere. I'm just going to turn on around. That might not be your excitement. That might be what you want to do, but boo might not be your assignment. That's somebody else's assignment. Y'all good? Okay. Anyway, I'm just trying to say. If we choose to accept the lies from the enemy, then in that moment, in that moment, we are rendering the ability of the Holy Spirit helpless. And we're electing our flesh as the God. Because no matter what, you got to have a God. It's either going to be your flesh or the spirit. Okay? Is that good? Okay? I think this is really good right here. So in other words, once I reckon my flesh to be dead and stop resurrecting him, okay, he, he stinketh. Okay? Once I reckon my flesh to be dead, then the Holy Spirit becomes my constant tour guide. Okay? The thing is, I have to learn to yield to his direction. Okay, so how do I learn yieldedness? I need to know how do I learn that. Let me tell you how you learn that. You learn that in spirit-led prayer. Spirit-led prayer has no suggestions. Yeah. Spirit-led prayer has no suggestions whatsoever. Now, God, now I want you to do this. And I'm suggesting this, uh, you know, this right here be a really good way because I ain't got this fear. All you got to do now, that's, that, that's prayer led by your flesh. I'm trying to tell you he don't need your help. Okay? All right. Now, I'm about to teach you things, so I need y'all to listen to this, okay? Have you ever felt like there was, let's say, uh, something is there? Something's there, but I just can't put my finger on it. I just cannot put my finger. I know something's there, but I can't put my finger on it, okay? It, it, it's it's kind of like 
every time you almost get your hands on it, it escapes you. I was almost there. I could see it. It was in my grasp, but it just escapes me. God, why? Again. I mean, why again? Okay. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you why. I know, God, you spoke it to me, but it keeps escaping me. I don't get it. Let me tell you why. Because God just loves to hide things. He loves to play hide and go seek. Okay. Why? Because he likes to see us search for him. He's trying to teach us not to search for the thing, but to search for him. Okay. He's a God of mysteries. All right. And watch this. God has hidden little pieces of eternity in time. He has hidden little pieces of eternity in time. And those little pieces of eternity belong to you. And they belong only to you. But if you don't know how to yield to the spirit of God, then you're never going to uncover the keys in you that unlock the treasure around you. Because we keep looking for the treasure in us. It's the key in you, baby. The treasures are around you. Dear Lord, have mercy. Yeah, you got that? That's good right there. But the thing is, is that if I don't understand how to yield to the Holy Spirit, that's the key. Then I miss the treasure. Because when I was here, the Holy Spirit already knew the treasures that I would need here to magnify here. And he hid them from me until I was able to obtain them. Until I was able to not destroy them. Uh-huh. So as I learned to yield to the, tre to, to the key in me. As I learned to yield to the key in me. So that I am learning to be yielded. Then the key can unlock the treasure. But if the key unlocks the treasure too soon. Or I find the treasure too soon. The treasure will then destroy me. Lord, have mercy. So God has given us the key to know in your future. Mm -hmm. So that we can live from glory to glory. See, we live from glory to glory. We remove the L. When God said, no, I wanted to take you from glory to glory. You should be, you should be on a treasure hunt, treasure hunt to treasure hunt. You should just be following me. Stop telling me what you, stop, just follow me. Follow me, okay, blindly, okay? But if we're determined to live by our own way of thinking, then, then, then we choose to stumble blindly from mistake to mistake. Is it anybody else? And you keep saying, won't do that again, but you do. But you do, okay? Romans 8, clearly, clearly, clearly. Clearly, I love me some Romans 8. Clearly says that we don't even know what we need to pray. He said, you don't even know what you're supposed to be praying. Don't come up here in my face like that. He said, but yet we keep praying from our head. And I've already told you your head don't know. But you keep praying from there anyway. What I'm trying to say is your head don't know nothing. I'm trying to tell you, okay. But your spirit knows all things. 
all things are in you. Oh, this is good news. Okay. So why? Why? Why does my head know nothing? Because the only thing that your head can do is remember yesterday. Has no knowledge of tomorrow. None whatsoever and cannot. I don't care how many, I don't care how many witches you call. All they try and do is get in your head to tell you what. That, that's why you in such a mess right now. Okay. Only thing your head can do is remember yesterday. But see, the thing is that your spirit knows yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You already have that ability inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can bypass what I've seen and pray straight to the Father about where I'm going. This is good. Okay, so can y'all give me just a few more minutes? Because I'm fitting to show us something. Y'all with me so far? All right, now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, watch this. But as it is written, I has not seen, and ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them. By the way, when it says heart of man, it's talking about mind. Okay? But God has already revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the very deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man that is in him? Y'all, this is just good right here, okay? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God, okay? So now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Watch this. That we might know the things that have already been freely given by God, already been freely given. Why you keep trying to pay for it? Already been freely given to us by God, okay? So watch this. There's no way to pray effectively without the Holy Spirit, okay? Spirit-led prayer releases the will of God in our lives, okay? Releases the will of God in our lives. And, and, and it's, okay, let me say this. I'm not just talking about praying in tongues, Okay, when I say spirit-led prayer, although he said to, that we are to, but I'm not just talking about that, because watch this, you ought to know how to pray in English. We go into praying in tongues when we just don't know what, that we just, I'm just going to pray in tongues because this way I'm bypassing the devil. No, you bypassing the devil already if you'll pray in English and pray from your spirit. Is that the truth? Okay. You ought to know. How, you ain't going to help nobody if you go lay hands on them and you praying in tongues. You ought to know in English how to pray over that person because the Spirit should have already told you. And you wouldn't be guessing by what you saw. Mm, 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 mm. So, it's all in the art of yielding to the tour guide. Okay? So, let's, let's say that, um, that we have a church meeting. I'm not going to help somebody, I hope. Let's say that we've got a church meeting, Okay? And, and I come up here and I present a project to the whole church, okay? And this is what I tell everybody. I say, all right, y'all, God has laid a, a, a project in my heart. I want to bring it before you. And, and this is a, um, it's a $2 million project. 
God ain't above it. Okay? It's a, it's a $2 million project. And I know that God has spoken to me to build a $2 million facility that's going to reach the youth of this city. Okay? So I give this to you. And, and let's say Sister Jen speaks up and she says, um, I, I, I believe that we need to wait, Pastor. I believe we need to wait, wait and raise some of that money before we start building. She said, because now she's going to give me scripture. Sister Jen going to give me scripture. She said, because now a wise man first counts the cost. Okay, so she's done giving me scripture. And then Brother John, he gets up over there and he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I believe we need to go ahead and move forward. He said, because, you know, we, we need to move forward by faith and we need to tarry not because God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Now, wait a minute. I got two praying people just gave me scripture. And they're both completely diverse to the other. Somebody put, talking out their head. So now both Sister Jen and Sister John, they're going to go home and they're going to start praying. And Brother John going to be saying, Good Lord, you need to shut Sister Jen up because she don't know what she's talking about. She's been to get us in a mess. And Sister Jen going to be saying, God, you need to get Brother John because he's been to get us in a mess. Now we got division. Now we got one brother praying for God to get another sister. Get him, God. Get him, God. You need to do something, God. Is there not division and strife among you? Mm-hmm. There's where we got a problem right there. Okay? So do you see that, every, that, that what you say sounds good? But we use the scripture against one another. And the reason we're using the scripture against one another is because we didn't speak out of our spirit. We spoke out of our flesh. Because if it ever comes out of your spirit, there will never be division. There cannot be division when it's out of the spirit. It will be unanimous. It will be unanimous. Because see, God don't vote with your flesh. My Lord, how this is a kingdom, y'all. This is a kingdom. I'm trying to teach us the kingdom way to pray, okay? This is not how prayer works, okay? What that is, is that is an attempt to manipulate God. Because one's telling God to get the other one, and one's telling God what the other one needs to do, okay? When the thing is, God ain't here, neither one of y'all. Ain't heard neither one of y'all, okay? Telling God what to do is not prayer, all right? And I'm telling you one more time, he ain't listening, we're praying amiss, okay? What I'm trying to show you is, is that we have limit, we are limited hmm, to what we see and have seen and to what we know and have known when we pray, all right? But your tour guide is not limited. You are limited. He is not. But we've limited him because we won't let him speak. Y'all all right? Y'all quiet? Y'all quiet? Watch this. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 and 5. I'm moving again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. That's what it said. But to be spiritually minded, it's, I'm letting the scripture preach this morning. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. 
But the carnal mind, the Bible says, is enmity against God. We done heard that one time. For it is not subject to the law of God. It is not. Neither indeed can be. Can't be subject to the law of God. Your mind cannot be subject to the law of God. So what happens, pastor, is got to die. Because if it's only subject to the law of God, it'll pop his head up in a minute. But if it's dead, yeah. so then those who are in the flesh, the Bible says, cannot please God. Cannot please God. But he said, but you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. For indeed, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not God's. He doesn't belong to him, the Bible said. And if Christ is in you, then your body is dead. Your mind is dead. And listen, listen why it says it's dead. It says it's dead because of sin. It's dead because of sin, okay? But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ up from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, but to live according or to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die according to the flesh. But if you live according to the spirit, then you put to, you put, you put to death the deeds of the body. And then you, you put to death. God killed my flesh. He ain't killing it. That's your job. And you kill it by the spirit. Y'all hear me? Okay. That pretty much said everything I needed to say, all right? But now verse 14, that's where I'm going to be camping out for the next two weeks. This is where I've been trying to get. Verse 14. Watch this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, now, I really like that right there. But then I got to thinking about that thing, okay? Sons of God. If I'm led by the Spirit of God, I am the sons of God. Sons and daughters. That's not talking about gender, okay? I am the sons. We are the sons and daughters of God, okay? Hmm. So, kind of thinking about it, and I realized that when, when we got our English Bible, we know that it was translated. Well, any time in translation, something always loses power. It will always lose power. It will always lose a little something in translation, okay? All right? Because the translator's going to put their spin on it. may still mean the same, but something, just something, okay? Well, that's exactly what happened here, okay? Because we know that the Old Testament is Hebrew and that the New Testament was translated from Greek, okay? So, so watch this. In the English language, son means son, Pretty easy. Son means son. Kind of like spit means spit. But in the Bible, in the original Greek, son is one of five Greek words. 
So when I saw that, I thought, hmm, I need to know what this one means. What is this son? One of five Greek words. I'm not going to tell you what this son means until next Sunday. But I'm going I'm to tell you a thing or two, okay? Each word son, five. What's that the number? Look at there. Each word son defines a separate, different stage of maturity. We're going somewhere. So when I read, for many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, then I've got to determine, I've got to determine what stage of maturity is Paul referring to. Okay? Y'all good? All right? So, hmm, let's see. Let me just see. Uh, see, we, we've, we've, we've clumped everything all into one thing. And when we see somebody come up here and they get saved, okay? And they go out, you see them the next day, and they're still, you know, maybe doing something that they probably shouldn't be doing. What we do is we say, well, they didn't get saved. And so what we just made ourselves was a CFC. That's a church fruit checker. And God ain't called us to be no CFC. Because that baby just got saved. He is a son of God. But he just got saved. He ain't got no fruit yet. And when you checked his fruit, you lost yours. You just showed your maturity or immaturity, may I say, lack thereof. Okay? That doesn't belong to us to check some. See, we haven't realized that there are stages. There are stages. Okay? So it's going to take just a minute for my old mind to line up with my new position. That's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? So my point is, is that you, you, you cannot, this, this maturity cannot be achieved instantly like we want it to be, okay? Maturity comes in stages, all right? So learning to pray helps us grow from carnal Christianity into mature sonship, all right? So stage number one, I need to know what it is because I'm going to start at the top and go all the way to the bottom. All right? Hear me. We're going to learn all five of them, and we're going to like it when we get there. But today, number one, all right? Hmm. The first stage of maturity, the first Greek word for son is nepios. Nepios, N E P. I-O-S, and you can even Google it. Google it, Greek meaning for N-E-P-I-O-S, all right? 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. And I, brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. I couldn't even talk to you as spiritual people, but I had to talk to you as to carnal people. The original Greek does not say carnal. The original Greek says, but I had to talk to you as nephios. It means infant son or daughter. Paul said, I couldn't speak to you as you were a spirit-filled child or child of God. I had to spell like spirit-led people. He said, I had to dumb it down. 
I had to dumb down my teaching as if I were speaking to an infant. I had to feed you as if I were feeding an infant. Paul said, every single time I come to Corinth, I got to start all over again. Every single time. He said, in other words, my teachings are going in one ear and out the other. In other words, he said, y'all are happy and y'all shouting and y'all dancing and y'all screaming amen when I'm here. But as soon as I leave, y'all go back to being depressed and y'all go back to griping and y'all go back to belly aching and y'all got divisions among you. Every time I'm not present, he said, you go right back. I could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but I had to speak to you as nepioses. In other words, as to babes in Christ. He said, I've had to feed you with milk and I can't give you solid food for until now. You were not able to receive it. And even now, you still ain't able. He said, because you are still an epios. Paul's telling a thing right here, okay? I'm trying to get us up out of this because I want to get... I want to get to the sons of God. I don't know about y'all, but I do, okay? He said, now let me tell you how I know it. I'm, I'm fixing to explain, explain to you how I know you're still an infant, an epios. He said, because where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, you're carnal. You're an epios. He said, and you're just behaving like mere mortal men. In other words, because of your immaturity, you're no different than what you've been saved from. Ain't changed a bit than what I brought you out of. Am I helping anybody? And he said, you're a son. He said, I'm not, you are a son, okay? He said, but you're an epios. Yep. He said, you're an infant. And Paul said, I'm tired of bottle feeding infants. I'm tired of changing your diapers. He said, what he's trying to say is it's time for you to grow up, okay? All right? We're still talking about prayer, y'all. We're still talking about prayer, okay? Because the thing is, is that we all want to receive answers immediately. You're an epios. Okay? You want to receive answers immediately when you pray. But, but the thing is, is that how can God give an infant a car? Hmm. How can God give an infant a sword? Jesus. All right. Is it possible that our prayers are not being answered because we're too immature to handle the level of power God wants to give us? So he said, I can't answer your prayer because if I do with what I answer you with, you'll destroy yourself and others. My Lord, have mercy. So God is saying, he, he, he's saying, my problem is you can't even stay happy for two minutes. You can't, you can't, even, you can't even keep a smile on your face for two seconds. He said, you, you, can't, you can't even keep your rent paid on time. Blessed Lord, and you want me to answer your prayers immediately. You want me to give you a new house, but you can't pay the $300 rent. Mm, Lord, have mercy. He said, you want me to give you a ministry and you still posting selfies. You want me to give you a worldwide ministry and you still posting your feelings on Facebook. God help us in Jesus name. You still need all the attention, but you want to run a company. You can't even get to work on time, but you want your own company. I'm trying to help somebody because I'm going to get where we live today. All right. 
You want me to just put my blessings on you and give you my anointing, but you can't even be quiet because you got to be seen. You making all that noise because you want everybody to see you. I'm trying to help somebody. All right. He's saying, how in the world can I give it to you when I can't see nothing but you? Help us, Lord, is what I said, Brother John. Exactly what I said. Paul said, I, I, I want to tell you the deep things of God. But every time I leave and return, you have not moved one inch from where I left you. You've not grown one inch. If I take you by the hand and I keep walking with you, you'll walk with me. But as soon as I let go, Jesus, have mercy. Help us, God. Help us, God, because I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And then he said, I know you haven't grown. He said, because there's still strife among you. In other words, he said, you don't even know how to resolve conflict correctly. Everybody's still a drama queen in the church. Everybody's still selfish in the church. He said, there's envy all up in the church. What is envy? Can I tell you what envy is? He said, it's when you despise the blessings of God on another. But God, I don't understand. I was praying for that. Why she get it? I was praying for a new car, God. Why she get it? First of all, that's your problem. You shouldn't be praying for a new car. Stop praying for things. That's going to go somewhere. That's going to weigh heavy on you next Sunday. He never told you to pray for things. You're, 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 you're praying for something that is not eternal. Why are you praying for something that's not eternal? Lay your treasures up there for in heaven. How are you going to lay a car up there? Well, if you can't take it with you, don't pray for it. I'm helping somebody. I wasn't going to preach this on next Sunday, but if you can't take it with you, don't pray for it. God in heaven, have mercy. Shut up. Shut it up before you even preach what you want to preach next Sunday. Mm -hmm. See, the thing is, is that he said, you got all this envy in the church. And every time somebody gets blessed with something you wanted, you mad at them. Can I tell you a little secret? I'm about to help somebody. You can bet your bottom dollar. Whatever it is that you're wanting, God will first give it to somebody in your circle to see how you respond. If you can't see somebody have it and be blessed with them and ride with them in their car, don't expect God to give you one. Lord, have mercy. That's why you're supposed to pray for others, the things that you want. If you've got a child that's lost, you need to be praying for somebody else's child. Am I telling the truth? Okay. I'm just trying to help y'all, all right? Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, what stage are you in? I'm just wondering, are you in Nebios? You still in Pampers? Stage number two. Paid on, P-A-I-D-O-N, paid on. Now, here's, this, is a, this is another stage. This is an adolescent stage. If you've ever had an adolescent kid, then you know this ain't no fun, okay? It's when you're trying to find your place. They don't know who they are. They don't know their place. They just follow everybody else pretty much. Well, mama, they got it at school. They, they, they got this, so I want this. But mama, they wearing these clothes, so I want these clothes. That ain't even your style. You don't even like it, and you don't look good in it 
either, but you want it because they got it. Mm-hmm. Trying to discover who you are. And, and the thing is, is that you don't like any of the you's you discovered. <laughs> That's a mess right there, okay? That's a mess. All right. It's when it's when when kids are trying to establish their own independence. But they're establishing their own independence by following somebody else's. Because you're a nepios. I mean, I'm sorry, because you're a paidon. Okay? It it it's you know, you know how you, you, you develop when you're in that stage, kids are in that stage, they get this little bit of rebellion about them. You know how they get that mouth on them? Is that where you are with God? Are you talking back to God? Do you have some rebellion in you? I, that, that's the paid on stage. It, it's when you're still trying to do it your way and enforce your own will. Trying to enforce your own will. In other words, you're no longer spitting up the word. You ain't having to be burnt no more, but now you're just tripping over it. Woo, Lord have mercy. It's a stage where you know in your head that, that you're crucified with Christ, but you can't grasp the fact that you're not your own. I know I'm crucified with Christ, but I just don't quite get it. It's the stage where, where you keep trying to pray off the take up your cross and follow me. Because every time the cross comes, you try to pray it off. Take up your, take up, he ain't going to put it on you. Take, you take up your cross and follow me, okay? Why? Because the cross only has one function. One. And that is to die on. That's why we try to pray it off. That's paid on. When you're still trying to pray off the dying place. Lord have mercy. Help me, Lord. The most frequent words that come out of a paid on Christian's mouth is, but I. But why? But I feel like. I'm helping somebody. Okay. Paid on Christians whine a lot. I didn't say drink a lot of wine. I said, I said whine a lot. You know when your kids went through that whining stage? I've been to give you something to... That's what my mama told me. She got me out of that stage real quick like, but we're there with God. But God, but I thought, but I wanted... But God, I ask you, stage number three. Ouch is right. Stage number three, technon. T-E-K-N-O-N, and I'm almost finished because I'm going to stop with this one. The next two are going to be really good. Okay, technon, T-E-K-N-O-N. Luke 6 and 39. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall in the ditch together? Can I tell y'all something? It's bad when you fall on somebody dumber than you. Well, well then, all right. He said, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Mm-hmm. 
So Jesus said, students become their teacher. Because this is Jesus talking. Students will become like their teacher. Leaders and parents, I need you to hear me. Leaders and parents, teaching is not delivering information. As a pastor, my job is not to deliver information. So what is teaching? Teaching is being an example. Being an example. You can give your sheep, you can give your students, your children, all the information in the world. But if you're not being what you're giving them, you're just confusing them. You're just confusing them, okay? They're going to do what they see more than what they hear, okay? All right? So a technon Christian is really good at telling. They're really good at telling see everybody else what to do. But their, their, their demonstration, it doesn't line up with what they see in. Okay? Demonstration. A technon Christian has no demonstration, but they talk a lot. They talk a lot. They know everything, but you don't see them do nothing. They know how to tell you what you did wrong, but you don't see them do. Am I helping anybody? Okay? Can I tell you, Jesus never told anybody what to do. He showed them. He didn't tell them to curse the tree. He cursed it. He didn't tell them to raise the dead. He raised it. He didn't tell them to walk on water. He walked on water. He didn't tell them to heal the blind. He healed the blind. He said, just do what I do. Hey, do what I do. Here, God, can you say, do what I do? Can you say, follow me as I follow Christ? Because if you can't, you're taking on. Dear Lord, have mercy. A seed produces after its own kind. Okay? So you don't get to teach. You don't get to teach. Okay? You got to be. All right? You will not get what I teach. You will get what I am. Okay? You will get what I am. And why do you look at the, at the speck that's in your brother's eye, Technon? Why are you looking at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't even see the plank that's in your own? Or, or how in the world are you saying to your brother, brother, let me remove that speck out of your eye. Come on now, I need to help you. When you yourself can't even see that big old pole you got in your eye. He said, this is what, let me, I'm fitting to tell you what a Technon is. Jesus said it. Hypocrite. He said, hypocrite, first get that plank out of your own eye. And then you can see to help remove that little speck out of your brother's eye. In other words, God is saying that we've got, we've got way too many technon Christians. We've got way too many hypocrites in the house of God today is what he's trying to say, okay? We've got hypocrites leading hypocrites. And they're all trying to see who can be the biggest hypocrite. And everybody falling in the ditch together. Okay? And what I'm trying to tell you is, if your prayers are not getting results, are you stuck in a stage of immaturity where you keep praying like you've always prayed? Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to hear higher. Mm. I said that to say this. Who has your ear? Who has your ear? 
Who are you listening to? It's always very important, very important, who you're around and who you're under. See, it's more important about who you're around and who you're under than who you're over. Because those that you are around and those that, that and those that you are under, they 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 you have you they have your ear. Okay? Always remember this. If the people around you are not bigger than you, if the people around you are not bigger than you, then they're no longer your circle. They are now your walls. If the person over you is not bigger than you, they are no longer your covering. They are now your lid. Somebody needs to hear me. If the people around you, if they are around you, they are no longer your circle. If they're not bigger than you, they are now your walls. Where is it that you really could go if you could just break out of that circle? I left, I went away, but I came back and I ended up with the same circle. You in the same compound, baby. You in the same compound, okay? Tech non-Christians. They're in that stage where, where they, need to, they need to break free of the familiar. But their immaturity keeps them choosing to be a big fish in a little pond. Okay? And what I'm asking you this morning is, what are you going to pray bigger? When will you pray bigger? When will, you when will you dare to create the atmosphere instead of warming by everybody else's atmosphere? Take non-Christians. Okay? In other words... We keep trying to, you keep trying to do you. We keep trying to do who we are. But you've never seen anything outside of your own little culture. So you can pray all the names of Jesus. You can rebuke all the spirits. You, you can even pray louder than everybody else, okay? You can even sing your prayers and you do it so well. But you go home to the same old mess, same old struggles, same old depression. Sounds to me like you've got walls and a lid. Mm. Okay? So, what we're doing is, in these stages, is we are praying out of our flesh, and God is not in it. We need a tour guide. Okay? So, whoever has your ear, listen to this, has your future. Mm. Whoever has your ear, has your future. You've taken your future out of the tour guide's hand and you've put it in them. Okay? So I want you to determine this week. This is your homework. I want you to determine this week because we're going higher next week. I want you to determine who has your ear. Now don't determine that by your flesh. Ask the spirit. Who has my ear? Who has my ear? Okay? Could it be possible that you can't grow any higher because you can't get out of your own ear? Ooh. Are you the only one you'll listen to? 
I just wanted to throw some stuff out there at y'all to think about today because I'm telling you, God is wanting to take us somewhere, okay? God wants us to go higher. He wants us to come out of the walls. He wants us to get that lid off, okay? But we will never go any higher than number one, our word level. Number two, our prayer level. And number three, our level of maturity. Okay, you can't go any higher than that. Maturity is measured by the things and people you're willing to walk away from. Maturity is, is measured by the things and people you're willing to walk away from. Maturity is measured by the ideas and ideologies you're willing to die to. Mm -hmm. And lastly, maturity is measured by the true tour God you choose. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. Who are you going to follow? Are you going to keep following those around you? Or are you just going to keep following you? Or will you follow him? Because when you follow him, you're going to have to leave these first three stages. You're going to have to get out of it. You're going to have to, you're not going to need, you're going to learn how to feed yourself. Pastor can't make it to church. You're going to shout on what she fed last Sunday. And you're going to add to it and come back and preach it yourself the following Sunday. Because you ought to be preaching everything I preach all week long. Because when you feed what I feed, you grow from what I fed you. But if you don't feed what I feed, then, you're, then what you're doing is you are wasting what I fed you. Because if you don't give it out, it can't come back to you. Whatever you don't give cannot come back to you. Everything you hold on to is going to stay right there. But every time you give out, when I get up here on Sunday mornings, I give out until I'm empty. And when I'm empty, I'm going to stop because I ain't got nothing else to give. But when I get back home, everything that I gave, he will feed to me. I have determined that this is familiar. I don't want what's familiar. Because familiar is only dealing with my head. I'm asking God to take us to a place that we've never seen before, we've never experienced before. And we cannot do that. We all gonna have to go together. We all gonna have to go together. I'm willing to change everything. I don't know about y'all, but I'm willing to change everything. I'm willing to shift everything. See, the word of God doesn't change, but sometimes the methodology does. I'm asking God, God, teach me something new. Send me people that are bigger than me. I don't want to keep staying around the same old friends that haven't gone any higher in 20 years. Really? You still here? You still praying? You still, you still speaking in that same tongue? And you still pray in that same prayer. As a matter of fact, you still quoting that same scripture. Didn't you learn another one? You still telling God how to answer your prayers? I said, you know what, God? This is a new way of praying for me because I'm used to telling you what I, how to do it. 
that just comes natural. Okay, God, now, you know what? I know you put this in my spirit, and I know that you showed me this. So now this is how I want to get there. He ain't listening. No wonder I hadn't got there yet. Because he said, your ways are not mine. Your thoughts are not even mine. They're so much higher. He said, you're trying to take the long way around. When I could just beam you up, Scotty. But that would be new to you, so you won't let me. Y'all stand to your feet. I want you to meditate and think on what I've, what I've taught this morning. I hope I've helped somebody. Because sometimes it's really good that we, that we throw things out there to make us think. Jesus always asks questions. He would answer their question with a question. And I'm learning to do the same thing. I have ministered for however many years now. Actually, I've been in ministry my whole life. It's all I've ever known. And I've always seen ministers, you go up to people and you start talking to them. And you start telling them. And God has begun to challenge me and say, instead of you telling them, why don't you ask them questions and make them think themselves? I thought, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why did you do what you did? Why did you say what you said? Really, why? Think about it. Because when I got to think about it, then I, I realize, wait a minute, this got to go. This got to change. Father, I want to thank you and I want to bless you and I want to honor you because, God, we want to know how to pray prayers that please you. I ask you, Father, that you would rest on us in a way that shifts us and changes us from everything that we thought. God, we, we don't want to stay in these immature stages of Christianity. We, we don't want to rely on the flesh. We don't want to rely on ourselves because ourselves are certainly, certainly making a mess. God, I, I want to go to that next stage of maturity. I understand stand that with maturity comes responsibility. I get it. But God, if you get us there, then you can handle the responsibility through us. Because we dare not take it on our own shoulders. You said casting it all on you. So God, the only thing we need to say is we're willing. We're willing. We don't want to stay here. We don't want these things among us. We don't want to be praying against you or against a brother or a sister. I mean, you know, really, Lord, just teaching us how to get along with one another. That'd be a big step. Just teaching us how to love each other in the stages that we're in would be a big step. Teach us, God. Teach us. Because really, at any given time, you're probably going to have all five stages operating in every church at one time. And we got to know how to come together. So, God, I pray this morning and I ask you, Lord, that you would teach us as we walk forward. Teach us how to pray differently. I ask you, Lord, for protection over the people, God. And I ask you, Lord, that you would lead us up where you want us to go. And that we would follow the tour guide. And we wouldn't try to lead our own self by what we thought or wanted or felt or saw. We just lay everything at your feet this morning and we die again. That's why Paul said I had to die every day. I'm going to die again 
Because you know what, Lord? I'd have found myself in some things that I've, I've never been this way before, and I don't know what to do with it. And you know, really, I'm kind of tired of asking everybody else what they did when they were there. Because that may not be what you want me to do when I'm here. We can learn from one another, but ultimately my direction must come from you. So teach us, God. Knit us together with cords of love. I ask you, Lord, that you would cause your face to shine upon us. I ask you, Lord, that you would give us your peace. I ask you, Lord, that you would show us and open our eyes and let us see the angels that are around us. Let us know that we are protected in every way. Let us know that we belong to you. And Lord, we want to grow up. We want to grow up. So teach us how. Hold us ever so closely, God. We bless you. We honor you. We love you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.